On this week's Talk and Tech with Talent Hub, we say, tis the season to be job happy. Guys, is it just me, or could this podcast have been an email? The reason I ask? Because December is the time for meetings. Some useful, some tiresome, and some unnecessary. Why is this? Because as Christmas approaches, so does the accompanying slowdown like a ghost on Ebenezer Scrooge. However, like an early Christmas present in your stocking, we are here to teach you some tricks in order to ensure that you are using your time right and utilizing the interlude to your advantage. What this means is, how can you use your time to ensure that you're job ready and ready to hit the ground running to find your dream job in 2020? I'm Rob Griffin, Senior Tech Recruiter here at Talent Hub. I'm Stephen Kilgallen, Senior Tech Recruiter here at Talent Hub. Joined by our super producer, Sarah Coslow. Say hi, Sarah. Hi, guys. How are you doing? On this week's episode, tis the season to be job hoppy, listening, and now it's better, man. If you want to get involved in the conversation, the community, you can find us on our LinkedIn group, Talk and Tech with Talent Hub. If you're on the search for a new job opportunity, check out our website, talenthub.ie. So before you start filling up your calendar with meetings, I think it's important to figure out who you want to meet with. Um, and it's really biased, but I think recruiters are probably the first point of call. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> and probably the most useful at, at this time of the year. Um, and one bit of advice I'd always give to candidates or even some clients meeting people is there's certain recruiters who are probably better to meet with. Um, and this is coming from a bit of a biased and subjective opinion. I've worked with both internal and agency recruitment, um, massive high volume, and I've also worked at agencies. The best recruiters in each of those disciplines was people who know their particular area inside and out. So I worked with IT recruiters that I learned from who swallowed books on a daily basis. They attended meetups. They actually sometimes even went to further education to learn more about the discipline and their area as well. I think these people are probably the best people to talk to because they can give you advice. They know the market and they know what you do for a living. I'm sure you worked with the guys like this before, Stephen, have you? Yeah, so I suppose the kind of one of the kind of differences in our careers between mm. myself and yourself, my entire career has always been an agency. Um, so I, I was somewhat reluctant. Um, I don't really know why to work with a, like a, a recruiter for recruiters yeah. because I've, I've gone and sourced my own jobs before. Um, but it was very different when I was moving back from Vancouver. I was over there for, for two years. I got recommended by a good few people that I used to work with. And like some of these guys are like seriously high performers. Couldn't speak highly of this person. I should just meet, have a coffee, have a chat. Yeah. So yeah, like it, it worked out to be fantastically well. I would I kind of went in with the kind of mindset that I would love, you know, people that I represent to have. You know, go in with an open mind, ask loads of questions. I had like twenty or thirty questions that I needed to find <laughs> out: Is this person really going to be the best person to represent my yeah. next big career move? Especially coming back from new country, this it's, is going to be the yeah. It's a, it's a big decision. No, it's an important thing to make sure the person representing you actually has your best interest at heart. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, like in, in the, the kind of grand scheme of things, you need to work with someone that has their finger on the pulse. Yeah. Someone who knows the market, um, someone who's very well networked, someone who has a lot of connections. Um, and like when you meet someone like that, 
it just makes the whole job search a lot more natural um, and a lot more straightforward. Yeah, and here's a bit of a fun fact. Me and Stephen actually had the same wreck to wreck. I think we both did our due diligence and actually found Absolutely. that she was the best in the market. Um, especially for, like yourself, an expat coming back home. She, she knew it inside and out. And that kind of touches upon any advice that I can give to someone who is looking for that recruitment partner. The fact is that most recruiters, if not everyone in Ireland, is on LinkedIn. Mm. And everyone that is, is always active on LinkedIn. So this is going to get a bit tedious, so heads up to the audience. Um, <laughs> but a lot of people, when they find recruiters, they will simply type recruiter into a LinkedIn search. Yeah, That's fine. You're going to find 150 million recruiters. Uh, but if you know what you're looking to do, you're in a certain area of development. Say, for example, you're a JavaScript developer who wants to get a job where you work in a React framework. Mm. Why not extend that search? Put recruiter, and it's a simple Boolean search that we take for advantage as recruiters. Uh, put recruiter and all capitals, JavaScript, and all capitals again, React. Press enter. Put your location at the Ireland, you're going to find a specialist recruiter mm. who knows what they're doing. They specialize in JavaScript front-end at React. That's the guy you want to meet. More than likely, um, if you pop them a message, they're going to message you back. Yeah. Uh, now's the time of the year to go meet these guys, I think, at least. Uh, not sure about you, my calendars get a bit... Uh, Dry for the next rest of the month. <laughs> yes, I, I think naturally we like our our career, our uh, our kind of sector. It, it definitely does slow down in December. Mm. You know, companies are kind of tighten their their budgets. They're going to assess their headcount in January. Yeah. So so we're available and look if if anyone's open to having a very kind of confidential chat or just kind of an informal coffee or whatever it might be, myself and Rob be absolutely more than happy to have catch up. Um, yeah. and just talk about your your kind of plans for, for 2020. Absolutely, non-committal. Let's just kind of have a chat. Let's, Absolutely. Let's, see, let's get some progress plan in place. Absolutely. So I think from a timing point of view, um, now that everyone's kind of winding down, you know, if, if you're in the position that you're kind of looking ahead, if you want to look at a new job, as I said, things are starting to slow down. And then from a market point of view, look, it's honestly no better time. Like in the, in the last 12 months, Ireland has seen the biggest ever record-breaking year for foreign yeah. investment. Yeah, and uh, that actually touches upon what I've been reading in the Irish Times this week as well. Um, you're right, it's been a record-breaking year. Um, to give you an idea, over the past year, Ireland has seen 14 transactions on the real estate side worth more than 100 million euro. One of those includes the largest sale in the history of the Irish market. Can you guess what it is? Um, I can't, but I'm just thinking we should be working in real estate. <laughs> <laughs> billion euro. Wow, that's amazing. Um, so one of the key trends in this overall idea is overseas investment, which is no surprise to anyone who understands the Irish market. Mm and how we operate. You can just look at the docks in Dublin and none of those companies, deal, no bad way, are Irish. And that's what yeah. we need as a company to support ourselves. So the overall overseas investment in this country for the last year has been 70% of the total volume of investment. That's mad. Um, 
I, I could break it down a bit more, but I, I think there's probably more we can really get into this. I'm not sure if it's worthwhile getting into facts and figures. But yeah, but even the Docklands that you mentioned, mm. like but all the companies that are based there, um, like obviously there's restrictions around how tall your commercial property can be. Yeah. There's a lot of talk about changing this now. Um, but if certain companies were allowed to have an extra three floors yeah. of the companies that are based there, that equates to roughly around 30,000 jobs. I've seen this over the last year where, um, was it Salesforce, yeah. wanted to, it wasn't even that much, I think they wanted an 11-story building mm. by the Docklands and the council said no. And apparently that, I need to fact check this, Sarah, you can edit. Uh, <laughs> but uh, apparently the jobs that would have been created on that just one 11th floor have been moved to Amsterdam. Yeah, as opposed to Ireland, which is, I understand the council's point of view to a certain extent, but if you want to be competitive in Europe and against London, we need to not care so much about 11 story building. That's just my point of view, subjective. There's, there's definitely two sides of it. In, in hindsight, it, that sounds brilliant. Like mm. Having an extra 30,000 jobs contributing towards the economy. Let's say, hypothetically, if they were all, like this obviously wouldn't happen, but let's say if yeah. they were all 30,000 engineers. I think that would actually be quite difficult to accommodate, um, given the, the cliche of the, the war on talent. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. We don't have a talent pool to actually fill, especially if there are more senior end roles. Yeah. So I, I think it's something that we'll probably see down the line, um, like even thinking about what, what Dublin is going to be like in the next 20, 30, 40 years. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think it probably makes sense for the time. It, it's kind of painful to think, like from an economy point of view, that all those jobs are going to other countries. Yeah. But from a realistic point of view, like especially if they're very high tech roles, is are we going to be able to accommodate that? Yeah, and it's on the flip side. We're talking about commercial properties, but if you're looking at the residential properties to support this, like it's, yeah. I know my rent is quite a bit at the moment. Um, if you're looking at 30,000 new jobs in Dublin, which would probably be, realistically, 30,000 new people in Dublin, because yeah. we're dry on tech, um, my rent's going up. And I don't want it to go up. There was an article released there last week. Um, Dublin is the worst place in the world for people to relocate for housing. I saw this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know if it's in front of me, so I'm not going to give you facts, but yeah. I think it was like 186 or something like that. It was shocking terrible yeah uh but if we're going to be optimistic because we should be optimistic this is the christmas episode okay um looking ahead to 2020 i think there's a ton of opportunity if things are done right Mm. um they they say and i'm going back to this irish times article there's a two areas that we need to be mindful of and cautious um but look towards um we're going to technology behind it and the occupancy. So in order to really hit this demand, we need to be ready for the technology advantages. So that's fit out, that's refurbs, that's construction. We need to move quicker and we need to embrace technology for that to happen. So on to the candidate question that we got asked this week. Um, the question this week was, they are thinking of relocating um, and where should they start? Um, Great question. Absolutely. I think it's one that kind of hits to both of us. It's definitely, uh, yeah. <laughs> I've recently relocated back to Ireland after living five years abroad. Um, and there's a few points I could really recommend. Going back to your point earlier, Stephen, 
working with a rec to rec, which is a recruiter to recruiters. Yeah. There are recruiters. Um, speaking to them is phenomenal. I think you should really reach out to recruiters and recruitment partners who are on the ground in that country. Um, ask them about their knowledge. Um, talk about your experience. Find out their suggestions and recommendations. Um, and see if possible, can they arrange interviews over phone or Skype with potential clients? Um, I think if possible, you should, not always, be able to fly back to the country before you move. Mm. Um, see what it's like, speak to managers, get your own knowledge. The best case scenario is you've got an offer secured before you move. Not always, but at least you can be further down the process. Uh, I would say for a larger company, and this is my internal recruitment brain on, speak to your internal recruiter. See if there's opportunities to move with your company internationally. A lot of times there are. I, I've moved people internationally before. Mm. Um, so that's my very, very quick two cents on it. Yeah, I think once you assess if it's a different country, is it a market that your particular skill set can tr transition into very easily? Mm. That should be your first point of call. Secondly, I think you should use your network. Like It's almost like a rite of passage when people graduate in Ireland that you go abroad. Yeah. So it's, it's very easy to find through some sort of connection. Ireland's like a village. You'll always know someone who knows someone. And that's what I use a lot. Like I was living in Vancouver for two years before I went over. Once I knew that you know, it was a really good market to recruit in, I then started looking further afield. Is there anyone that I know that's been living there that can actually tell me what it's like outside of the working realm? You know, what's the work-life balance like? What are the things to do? And then once you have that in place, kind of to add what you were saying, you know, have you know remote interviews, get a much better breakdown of, of the, you know the companies that are available over there, and then yeah, just make an educated call between the market and then your what you like to do outside of work. Like for me in Vancouver, I love to ski. So that, so that was one of my must-dos. So aside, once I got the job sorted, I just knew that outside of work was going to be fantastic. It's like me and I moved to Manchester, I like to drink. Perfect country Happy for days. <laughs> so normally we would do our, our shameless plug now. Um, I think just given the time of year, everyone's kind of looking ahead to, to 2020. Mm -hmm. if, if you're one of the, the people who are kind of interested in looking externally, or if you even just want to have an informal conversation about what the market's like, what are the trends like for 2020, we've got loads of free time now coming up to the end of the year. We'd love to meet with yourself. Grab us for, for a coffee or a call. Feel free to reach out to myself, stephenk at talenthub.ie. You can get me at rob at talenthub.ie. And I hope you guys have a, a very Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Talk and Tech with Talent Hub. Don't forget to visit our website, talenthub.ie, for our latest jobs. And don't forget to join our LinkedIn group, Talk and Tech with Talent Hub, to join in the conversation in the community. We'll be back next Monday for another episode. Cheers. <laughs>